Thanks for watching today. Throughout the program, you'll notice this graphic. It's there so you know that we'd love to pray with you. You can give us a call or go online. Also, this is a great way to keep in touch with us. Pastor Dwayne is starting a new series this week called Stand. Have you ever had a bad week? Everything in the world seems to be against you. Everyone says this is normal, but it shouldn't be normal. What's really happening is an attack in the spiritual realm. The devil will try over and over again to take our focus off God and put it onto other things. The Bible tells us to put on the full armor of God. Let's see what that looks like in today's message, Stand Firm, Live Brave. So today I'm, I'm going to start a little, little series and uh, how to handle spiritual warfare. Now, whenever you talk about spiritual warfare, there's all sorts of strange and weird stuff that's out there. Let me just say that it's not strange, it's not weird, right? And it's a subject where many of us are very, very ignorant. But the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 8, there is no release from that war. So if you can picture this, there is a spiritual war that's taking place, and you are right in the middle of it. Uh, you, you cannot be a draft evader because there is no release. You're in it. it, it it's kind of like <clears throat> the Israeli army, the, the IDF. Once you're in, you're in for life. Now, you, you do not get out. Now, now you, you remember our friend, Rabbi Shmuel, who comes here. I don't know how old he is, 55, 56. He's a sniper. He is a sniper in the IDF. Once you're in, you are in for life. All right? You, you say, I'm 75. You're in. All right? You are in. You, once you're in, you are in. All right? Now, now, that's what I want you to catch with spiritual warfare. You may not know it, but you're in. All right? And there's no vacation. All right? The devil does not take spring break. Well, maybe he does. He goes to Florida. <laughs> Hangs out with a bunch of y'all down there. I don't know. Right? <laughs> the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith. Well, this is the subject that is addressed in the Bible a lot. Probably as much as any subject, this subject is addressed. Right? And I believe that we're going to get some real help in this series and today. Right? Um, you, you may feel something that, that's going on in your life today, and you may just think, well, I just had a bad week. Something's not quite right. But, but the truth is that you have an enemy. The Bible tells us that he is the enemy of your soul, your adversary, the devil. You know, when he attacked Job, his goal was to kill Job, which is the devil's ultimate goal. He comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. I can't help but think about in, in Mark chapter 5 when Jesus casts a legion of demons out of a man and they go into a bunch of pigs. Those pigs commit suicide. And by the way, when those 6,000 demons went into those pigs, that is the first time we hear about deviled hams right there. We never know about that. All right. But when, when Satan attacked Job, all right, he attacked his possessions, his family, his health his marriage, right? 
And, and literally, that, that's a pretty good picture of the devil showing up, right, in our lives, right? And God's going to bring us help. He's going to bring us direction, right? Now, for some of you, this may be a little hard to chew. You I mean, you're going to be like, ah, you know, but you just need to chew on it, right? Ephesians chapter 6, and, and really, when, when you talk about this subject, there's like four scriptures that you're tethered to that are the main scriptures, and this is one of them. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Then in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, you may be feeling in your life something that is coming against your life, right? Because that's what the enemy is going to do. He's going to come against your life. He will come against your marriage. He'll come against your kids, against your peace, your business, your health, your finances. There's something that's against, and it's not just normal. It's not natural, right? You might think this it's normal, but it's not normal, right? It is a spiritual attack. And it's something the Bible says that comes against you, and you need to rise up and stand against that thing. The Bible says resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Right? The last time the devil fled from you is the last time you resisted him. Now, if you live your life like the devil does not exist and you never resist the devil, he will never flee from you. It will never happen. You will live under constant attack and you will think the things that are coming against your life, against your marriage and your kids and your finances and your health, you'll think it's normal, but it's not normal. But you've got to stand against the attacks of the enemy, right? Now, the Bible says here, it talks about his schemes. Other translations say his strategies, right? He's, he's got a plan. He's a liar. He's a schemer. He has an arsenal of tricks, of crafty maneuvers. And one of the things he likes to do is he likes to stay invisible. He likes for you to think that this is just normal. And notice, the Bible says we're, we're standing against the enemy. We're standing against the devil. By the way, the, the Greek word there, it's diabolos. It means the malicious slanderer, the false accuser. That's who he is. And we need to stand against. Now notice our battle is not against flesh and blood. We think that it's our boss, our spouse, our mother-in-law, that person who did something but it is not against flesh and blood. One translation says it's against persons without bodies. Evil, malevolent personalities, evil spirits. Right? You can think it's people because how many know some people, they're just crazy? I mean, they just do crazy stuff. But the truth is, there is something that is maneuvering behind the scenes and in that moving that person in that way. They may be mean and hateful. But they're not really the enemy. The enemy is the one who's behind that. 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Right? Now, listen, you may not see victory today right? because having done all, you, you stand. You stand. Right? But ultimately, when you stand and you please God, you will see victory in the end. Jesus says, you know, when you build your house on his word, he said there's going to be storms, floods, winds that are going to beat against the house of your life. But because you're founded on the rock, you will stand. You're going to make it. Right? So Ephesians 6 really gives us a window into the spiritual realm. The spiritual forces that are against us. That we're in a spiritual struggle or battle. That the devil is real. Jesus personally spoke to the devil and was personally attacked by the devil. The devil is not the sum total of all evil in the cosmos, right? The devil is an evil, wicked, malevolent being, right? Who at one time was an anointed cherub angel, right? He's not God. He's not, he, is, he isn't even the evil equivalent of God. He is a created being, right? And he does not come into our lives except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Right? And you have to believe and understand that there is an enemy of your soul. Right? You are in a, uh, you're, you're in a battle whether you know it or not. The problem is some of us underestimate what he does. And some of us overestimate what he does. There are some people that everything is the devil. Right? You're going into the house, the doorknob breaks, devil in that doorknob. <laughs> car breaks down, devil's in that car. You know, weeds in the yard, we got a weed devil out there. All right. <laughs> microwave broke, it's a microwave devil attacking right there. You know, they see the devil everywhere. All right. And the devil is not everywhere. Right. But then there's the others, and they simply don't believe that he exists, or they live as if he did not exist. I have personally seen the devil attack this church, the devil attack my family, pastor friends, marriages, kids, health. I know I've personally been attacked. I've seen the devil use people. Right? The apostle Paul said this. He said, we wanted to come to you again and again, but Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. It says in 1 Chronicles 21, now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. Now, Jesus gives us a beautiful example of how to handle the devil. It says this in 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? To destroy the works of the devil. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers. Now that's talking about Satan and demons. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now, Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. And I saw him, I fell at his feet as one dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I am he who lives, was dead. And behold, I am alive 
forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys. Listen, I have the keys of Hades and of death. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to take and disarm principalities and powers. And he did it to such a great degree that when he arose from the dead, he said, I have the keys of Hades and of death. Listen, the devil does not even have the keys to his own house. Jesus came out of the grave with total victory. He came out with those keys. That's why he cannot keep you bound. If you will stand, if you will resist, he cannot keep you bound. And there is nothing the devil wants you and me to be more ignorant of than that fact that he is a defeated foe, that you have authority over him because he knows if you ever discover that his days of running roughshod over you are over. The Bible says in Ephesians that you have been seated together with him in heavenly places. You're with Christ in heavenly places far above. All principality, power, might, dominion, every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. I remember as a young Christian, I'd probably only been saved about three months, right? And, and uh, I was bringing somebody to church all the time, witnessing to everything that didn't move. I was all excited about being a Christian. I just passed from death to life. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I got a relationship with God. He loves me. And, and a lady in the church came up, and she said to me, she said, so excited he said that number two the devil he's watching you and if you get too excited about God he'll get you <laughs> and I'm like why are we whispering <laughs> so the devil won't hear Now, there's a lot of Christians like that. They're afraid of the devil. But the Bible says that you are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Now, in her mind, God is number one. And then about one centimeter under God, there's the devil. All right? And he's like got all this power and all this authority. And then someplace way down where you can't even see, there's, there's, there's us. There's the church. But the Bible says that you have been seated together with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that's named, not just in this world, but even in the world to come. The devil, even, he's not a close second. He's not even numbered. You and I, we are seated together with him. All right? The devil is number three, and he's so far down there, the Bible says that God will soon crush him under your feet. So if you got a message for him, you write it on the bottom of your shoe. Because he's down below. You're seated up above with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus came and, and he brought the devil to nothing. He totally disarmed him, right? Took dominion over sin, death, and the devil. 
Jesus said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it is finished. He was saying sin is paid for in full. That you've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love and the devil has no legal right to attack you because you're not part of his kingdom any longer. So in Matthew chapter 4, we find Jesus being confronted by Satan himself. It says in verse 1, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Listen, the first Adam married to Eve got all of us in trouble in a confrontation with the devil in the Garden of Eden. 1 Corinthians 15 says that Jesus is the last Adam. And when Jesus is literally manifest, the Spirit of God, he's, he's baptized, the Holy Spirit descends in the form of a dove, a voice from heaven, says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The first thing the Holy Spirit does is lead Jesus into the wilderness to confront the devil. Do you get the idea God is not afraid of the devil? You don't need to be afraid of the devil. That same Holy Spirit that led him leads you and leads me. The Bible says as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. I believe that. All right. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now, the devil came and the devil said, and it's interesting that Jesus responds and Jesus said. Now, what the devil is trying to do is put doubt in Jesus' heart. If, if, if. You remember back in Genesis chapter 3 when the devil first came with Adam and Eve? He said the same thing. You know, she said, if we we eat of that tree, we'll die. He said, no, you will not surely die. You will not die. You will not. What, what's the devil want us to do? Doubt God's word, right? That you will surely not, right? The devil, by the way, the devil didn't care he was hungry. He doesn't care what's going on in your life. Jesus answered and said, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, notice what he said. He began his, his conversation with the devil, with the word of God. You are not smarter than the devil. You are not stronger than the devil. But you've got something he cannot stand against, and that is God's word. As it goes on in Ephesians 6, and it talks about how do you withstand the devil. It says to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the word sword there, the sword of the Spirit, it, 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 it literally, it's the Greek word for, well, it's the word rhema. And it's not just any word. <clears throat> Your whole Bible is the logos of God. But the rhema of God is the word that you've got down in your heart. It's the word that's alive to you. Right? See, when the devil shows up, you don't start by quoting Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Because that's the logos. But the rhema 
The sword of the Spirit, that effective word, is the word that you've got down hid in your heart that you will not sin against him. It's the word that the Spirit of God has made alive to you. Every one of us has had this. You're reading your Bible, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh! And you may have read that passage 50 times, and you never saw it. You're kind of like, who put that in there? This is there all the time. But it just came alive to you. Right? That's the rhema. That's that rhema of God. And, and what Jesus did was he took the rhema. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 to take the rhema of God. Right? So it's written, and he defeated the devil at that spot. The devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it's written. He'll give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, isn't it interesting that the devil uses the Bible? But listen, he always uses it wrong. He misquotes it. He misapplies it. Right here, this is from Psalms 91. He says, he gives his angels charge over you. He forgot the part to keep you in all your ways. See, what the devil was trying to do was get him out of his ways and into something that the devil had for him to do. Right? And then it says, in their hands, they'll bear you up. Least you dash your foot against a stone. He's trying to just prove who you are. In fact, come and, and become the, the Messiah, but don't do it the way God wants you to do it. Just come and supernaturally manifest yourself. And of course, Jesus answers again. It's written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus confronts the devil and the devil doesn't give up? And, and now he comes back a third time again the devil took him up into an exceedingly high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he says all of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me he wants his devotion he wants his worship and again Jesus answers it is it is written it is written and then the Bible says that the devil left him for a more opportune time. He didn't take off forever. He was going to come back and try again. Uh, that's why I said you cannot take a vacation from this spiritual battle because it is forever going on. But what the devil wanted to do was turn Jesus' devotion. You know? And that's the same thing he wants to do with us. He wants to, us to make anything except seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness the number one thing in our life. He doesn't care if it's your family, your job, your career, sports, a car, a boat, a house, self-medication, self-affirmation. He doesn't care what it is. He just wants you to be putting your focus in another place. And in accusation, which is the other thing that he does, just as much as temptation, the devil comes with accusation. Right? And in accusation, he tries to hide the love of God right in temptation right he's, he's he's trying to get us to to forget that we serve a God who is holy 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 right in temptation we're trying to rationalize our sin it's like well my family's like this you know I'm just that way here's one you here it's no big deal I, I think God just wants me happy I'm not a gossip I'm just concerned. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just super social. 
You know, it's like, I'm missing out. Yeah, you're missing out on fear and guilt and addiction and STDs. You're missing it all. <laughs> you know, he, the, what the devil tries to do is to make it look like it's impossible to live a godly life. In accusation, he causes us to look more at our sin than our Savior. He wants us to focus on our sins, our mistakes, and our failures. Kind of like you're beyond God's help. You ruined your life. You've gone too far. You never can have a fresh start. You'll always be this way. There's, 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 the, the, you're, you're just tainted goods, and, and there's no use. Accusation. Right? You're living a punished life when he's accusing you. You know, it doesn't matter what, what happens. You just figure, well, it's, it's, I just deserve it. You get laid off. Transmission blows up get bad grades in school, you get a bad break, whatever it is, you know, you just start to say, God's punishing me, God's punishing me, God's punishing me. You know what that is? That's, a, that's the accuser. That is the accuser of the brethren, all right? And if he's always there trying to get worship, it's what he wanted in the beginning. He wanted worship. He wants us to worship anything but God. Sports, prestige, career, entertainment, family, whatever it is. Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and another one of the gospels says, for a more opportune time, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Right? The devil is no match when you've got the word of God in your mouth. Isaiah 59, the last verse, says, my word that I have put in your mouth, shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your descendants, nor out of the mouth of your descendants' descendants from this time forth and forevermore. The number one way that you and I confront the devil and win in spiritual warfare is to have God's word in our heart and in our mouth. Romans 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your mouth heart. You know, as you've been watching today, you realize in your heart, I'm not right with God. I'm away from the Lord. Or maybe you don't, you'd have no idea where you stand with God. And you say, but I want to be forgiven. I want to be right with God. I want to invite you, bow your head, pray this prayer with me, pray this out loud, make these words your own. Say this from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again, and I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm holding nothing back. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that you make me a new person on the inside, a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, we'd love to get you a copy of his free book, Your New Life. He wrote this book to help you continue on your journey to take the next steps in your walk with God. You can go to our website to request a copy be mailed to you or download it. Either way, it's absolutely free. When you check out walkingbyfaith.tv, you can also purchase a copy of today's message, Stand Firm, Live Brave, in the WBF store. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, please consider becoming a partner with us. 
You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give and click on the giving option that's right for you. Have a great week and until next time, be blessed. Life gets busy, so having everything in one place is a big help. That's why we created the Walking by Faith app. Bringing the ability to watch weekly programs, read devotionals, take notes, and give to your favorite mobile device. And with the added feature of offline listening, you can now take Walking by Faith with you wherever you go. The new Walking by Faith app.